You're listening to the Orchestra Teacher Podcast. Welcome back to the Orchestra Teacher Podcast. Uh, Dr. Charles Lauks here. And uh, this is our second podcast today, episode 54, um, with a very special guest, Dr. Kathy Hudnall. Thank you so much for being here and uh, coming all this way from Gwinnett County to over to Cobb County to my studio. And Thank you for having me. Absolutely. We're so, so glad nice that you're to here. It's so nice to see your, your fabulous studio. <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, it's awesome to have you here. And um, I guess we met uh, when I moved here in 2012. And Gosh. we're like, huh? I know, it's right. It's been, it's been that, been long. that long. I know. I know. I've been, he's been here that long. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and um, uh, you're always just like, just always on fire. And I, that's, you're just like, you have always have the energy, you always have a smile and, um, and you've always just been so kind and, and giving and, and everything. And I just wanted to say thank you. But oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I'm one of your biggest fans and especially of this podcast. Well, now you're here and it's, I'm sorry, it's taken so long to get you on the podcast, but, um, it, it's, uh, there's all the all kinds of great things we can chat about, um, but what I want to do first is just to kind of let like everybody know like a little bit more about you. Well, um, I'm originally from South Carolina. Uh, my dad was a Methodist minister, and okay. so we moved all around the state. And I started playing cello when we lived in Spartanburg, South Carolina. Okay, and in the sixth grade. And like many of my students, just like started in else, the sixth right. grade, um, and I didn't take to it right away. It took um, it took a little bit a little bit of time, but when I got the bug, I was serious about it. And you just went with it. And I went with did it. Did you start taking private lessons right away? Or did I it take started taking private lessons, I think, in the eighth grade. Mm-hmm. And went to Brevard Music Center, and that really lit a fire under me as well. Wow, yeah. And I had a great teacher, Hans Schmettau, who used to teach at Converse College and at Brevard. And uh, he was just a wonderful cello daddy. Nice. And uh, really encouraged me. Uh, I don't know what else... You need yeah, to, to no. know. And then you went to college. Went to college. I went to Cincinnati. Oh, okay. And uh, I was a performance major at the very beginning. Mm-hmm. And I really practiced a lot. But I practiced with a lot of tension and a very high right and shoulder. that's going to lead us to a couple of things we're going to talk about today. Is... And that's, what, that's yeah. what did it with my shoulder. So I ended up uh, switching majors to education. Okay. And thought, well, I'll do this for a little while, and I'll get back to performance. I'll figure a way to get yeah. back to performance. And, and look at you now. Then I started to <laughs> teach, and I eventually realized, wow, this is really fun. I, yeah. I like this. And when you make an impact on the kids, you know. Well, I yes, you do. and and the kids the kids give you so much as a teacher. Yeah. So I, you know, uh, here I am, thirty nine years later. Amazing. Amazing. And you're, you're continuing to go on. So you went to Cincinnati and then where else you have other degrees too? Because you're Dr. Hudden also. I am. Tell us about. Uh, (laughs) It's a miracle. Uh, (laughs) 
<laughs> I, I got my master's in cello performance at Georgia go. State okay. and got my ed, my ed um, master's equivalent at that time. And then I went and got an EDS in leadership and administration. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, from a school called Lincoln Memorial University, which really is a, they have mostly coaches that go to that okay. school, but who can, who can only take classes for a short period of time in the middle of the summer. Right. So that's what I did thinking Were that you th maybe thinking? that was that uh -huh. a, a, a route for me. And then I, it kind of, you know, cemented that I really didn't want to be an administrator. <laughs> you got it, what you're getting your degree right? and said, no, I said, no, this is, this is not what I want to do. However, it gave me some good leadership uh, information for just like running a booster club and dealing with a board now as, as I, as I have to. Mm -hmm. And, um, anyway, at following that, I went and pursued my doctorate at Mercer university. Okay. And my doctorate is actually in curriculum and instruction. Okay. But I concentrated all of my research in music. They allowed me to do that, which was That's really important to me. And uh, it was so interesting because everyone in our cohort came from a different educational background. And so it was really interesting to learn about all of the different academic subjects. I know it sounds like it could have been pretty dry, but mm -hmm. it really was not. And it was a very intense, concentrated program, three-year program. And I did that while I was teaching. So that was intense. Yeah. yeah. And, um, our, when did you finish that your doctorate. I then. finished that in 2012. Okay, so like right as I was getting here, just yeah. as you were coming. Okay, and so that's that's my education. I am taking some classes now in um, uh, energetic medicine. Wow, and where are you taking those? Uh, just different, different uh, folks around. Uh, I attended a. So conference. it's not through a university. It's, it's not through okay. a university. I attended a, a conference for the uh, for body mapping, yes, which is kind of like Alexander technique mm -hmm. for musicians, and studied with a woman there for a year, and uh, I am now, you know, taking some some different classes on my own, just just choosing and picking, and that's one of the joys of having the schedule that I have right now. That's awesome. Yeah, I took uh, an Alexander class at Ohio State, and it was very eye opening. Oh yes. I mean, oh, yes. Uh, just how the bad habits that we have, and uh, you know. So tell us a little bit more about you know your um, your dissertation and and. All the things that you're doing to for body wellness. I know you. I you brought a uh, you brought your your document in here. Only because the title. <laughs> look at was look so at the long. work. Look at all that. How thick that is. The title is so long. I never can remember it. <laughs> the name of it is teaching relaxed, healthy posture, an investigation of pedagogical approaches and string musicians' performance related problems. You okay. try to remember that. No, I couldn't remember that. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember having to like type mine out. I was like, I'm just gonna copy and paste it. I know. Oh, it was brutal. <laughs> it's so long. Okay. It was brutal. And so, so tell us. Uh, uh, I, I guess give us the the abstract version or the podcast version. The abstract version is just that you know, of course, this has always been a passion of mine um, because of my own history, and over the years, I have I have watched what. I would call an epidemic, you know, around the world of string players 
and other instrumentalists, um, as well as dancers, mm-hmm. um, dealing with uh, career-changing issues because of a lack of knowledge, I think, is what it is, mm-hmm. uh, and a lack of pedagogical knowledge of how to deal with these problems and how to, better yet, how to prevent them with mm-hmm. students, you know, and teach students uh, body awareness, teaching students to um, listen to their bodies as they play and become aware if something doesn't feel good or they have a pain somewhere and the kinds of the kinds of techniques of learning to play in a relaxed, healthy way. Cool. And then do you have, I mean, do you have a lot of different strategies you use? Uh, like, cause right now, tell us about your position right now, but you're, where you're teaching right now. Oh, right, right now, <laughs> right now. I am, am just so fortunate to be teaching at North Gwinnett middle school with two complete master teachers, Sarah Ball mm-hmm. and Amy Clement. Yeah. And I just totally looked into becoming a, a half-point part-time teacher with them. So I work uh, half-time with them, and the way I do it is to work essentially four days a week, but I see all the classes on those days because Great. of the length of class and the way they have their schedules structured. And they are they are fortunate to see their kids every single day. That's nice. So, oh, yeah. yeah you that's, know, that's the best way, as we know. Um, I'm constantly watching kids, and they are constantly watching kids to see that things are relaxed and curved and uh, good posture. And one of the reasons for their great success is that they don't ever let down. So yeah. kids are constantly um, observed and um, fixed. Yeah, you know. Yeah, they diagnose and they correct all immediately. The, immediately, so that's good. And then, so do you think that you being there uh, has made them more um, aware or more? You know, I don't know. I don't know how they were before. Yeah, but I, I would uh, guess that they already were watching things. They mm-hmm. may be a slightly more aware of it with me, you know, standing around and mm-hmm. making comments about those kinds of things <laughs> as well. But um, I'm not sure. Yeah. And so what advice would you give to teachers out there that um, are looking to maybe learn more about this or um, teachers that, that maybe don't feel like they know a lot about body mapping or do you have resources or um, things that you recommend well besides reading your whole dissertation of course yeah (laughs) i wouldn't wish that on anybody really um i i would recommend that teachers simply be aware of what your students are doing just make sure that you never sacrifice their physical well and emotional of course uh well-being um to trying to learn something fast or trying to make something perfect. Yeah. Um, in the pursuit of that, many people ignore physical problems because they are just under the pressure of a concert or a mm-hmm. adjudication or whatever that is. Um, there are definitely resources out there. There's the Performing Arts Medical Association, mm. um, otherwise known as PAMA. PAMA. 
And that's something uh, that it's an organization that has lots of doctors in it. It's very interesting. And many of those doctors are musicians themselves. Okay. And while I was working on my dissertation, I went to one of their conferences in Colorado in Aspen. It's a little and, different than the ASTA conference, oh, probably. Oh, goodness. <laughs> it was such an intellectual event. Right. Um, I listened to all of these really smart people talk about different aspects of performance uh, issue. <laughs> and uh, they have a magazine. Uh, that's a really, a really good resource. Um, Is it something you have to be a member of uh, yes. the organization to get? Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Performing Arts Medical Association. And then, of course, uh, body mapping um is the other other thing that if you simply look it up, you will you will come up with resources mm -hmm. as well. Um, other than that, you know, I really just recommend that uh, if you're taking care of yourself as a teacher, teachers are one of the most uh, neglected uh, groups of people, I think. Self-neglected. Self and self-neglected, worse, right. worse than it, because we are all kind of you know, martyrs for the cause yeah. and because we so passionately love what we do yeah. as a whole. And we put, that, we put that ahead of taking care of ourselves. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Whether it is just, you know, eating a bunch of crap because you don't have time to prepare something Guilty. because you have concerts, me too, um, yeah. you know, just not getting the sleep that you need to get or having the emotional concerns yourself that mm -hmm. wake you up at night. Yeah. You know, so self-care is where it starts. And then I think if you are truly committed to doing self-care, that makes you much more aware of your students' um, emotional and physical well-being. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. you know, my best, my best advice to the young teacher is be aware of your students. Really watch your students all the time mm -hmm. and, and let them know that your classroom is a safe place to say whatever it is that's bothering them physically. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Well, you know, I remember teaching beginning strings in Ohio and, you know, to have those um, fifth graders, you know, the beginners. We started fifth grade when I was there. They they cut that and start sixth grade now. But uh, uh, but it was always, you know, we'd only have a two 30 minute lessons, which were really like two 15 or 20 minute lessons right. by the time they all came in. We figured out where we were and we tuned, you know, got them all tuned and all that. Um but they're they were always like, well, this hurts, this hurts, and it shouldn't hurt. Um, so it's a matter of making those adjustments or figuring out why is it because they're not strong enough, um, you know. So it was always like, okay, we'll do this. Put your instruments down. Let's take a break rather than trying to keep that instrument up for fifteen minutes. Little, uh, you know, breaks and um, lots of breaking things up so that it didn't because you because anytime that they hurt, then. It put, puts a negative, you know, violin equals hurt or right. violin equals I'm not comfortable. Right. And we have to definitely like nip that in the bud yeah. right from the get go. Otherwise, they're not going to continue to play. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then with the older students, you know, I've also seen kids who have learned a lot of bad habits, uh, just that, that tension, whether it's here or here or in their, their cellist, you know, that. I told myself, well, you're going to end up walking around with your shoulder like this. That you... <laughs> was me. That was me. Yes. You know? Yes. So, yeah. So I don't know. Um, but yeah, I, I think there needs to be a lot more uh, like people like you that have a, a, a really strong awareness of, you know, 
being well and um, right, you know, right. physical wellness, and obviously the, the mental part is a whole nother, other topic, yes, yeah, in yes. itself, especially with. And, um, but they are so linked. They are so. Oh linked. yeah! Oh yeah. yeah! Absolutely, they are. I'm the poster child for that. <laughs> I think I think a lot of us are, <laughs> um, but yeah, definitely. Um, you know, the, the the more clarity we have in our mind, uh, it it does affect our body. But I also think it goes the opposite way too. Like the days that I work out, the days that I'm ex- active and exercising, I'm always like, I get the best ideas. Or right. I'm, you know. Right. I'm a walker. I'm not a runner, nice. but I'm yeah. a walker. Uh, I'm not a runner Love anymore. To... I'm, I'm, my running days are, are slimming oh, now. My feet right. are bothering me. You know, that's happens when you get old, start getting old. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't run as a kid. I didn't run at all until like probably I was in my 30s. That's when I started running. And so now it's catching up to me a little bit, but I have a, a nice bike, and so I want to do some cycling. And oh, that's fun. been doing that a, a little bit, and um, just doing more like variety, tons of yoga. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's, tons of yoga. That's really I'm like good. the most inflexible person now. I can touch my toes and Woo-hoo. yeah, I know. So the yoga's <laughs> been really, you. really good. Um, I'm used. I'm a big Apple person, so the Apple Fitness program I've been doing, and there's all kinds of workouts in there. I did strength and yoga this morning, and you can do 20 minutes, 10 minutes. 30 minutes, 45 minutes, cool. whatever you want. And um, I know I think variety is the most important thing. So, And if you can train your mind, our monkey mind that takes over and, and cultivate a quiet, a quiet mind, that's one of the things that walking does for me is right. I, not that I don't think about things. Cause like you said, it's, it's one of my best times of inspiration, but uh, it also helps declutter. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. Um, sunlight. Yes. Fresh air. Yes. For me, out, outdoors, being outdoors yeah. is really important. Yeah. So, I, you know, one of the things I had talked about in the little the little uh, teaser or trailer for yours and uh, uh, Gregory's episodes were just take some time to take some time this summer to take care of yourself. Right. Because um, if you forget to do that, it's going to be august or september whenever you start school again really quick right and um the summer goes fast so we gotta this is our time to really decompress and right and uh, rejuvenate a little bit whether it be um you know taking a vacation or just doing nothing some people just prefer to do nothing and right i'm doing this this is work but it's fun work and Mm -hmm. great to you know talk and and do that so i have this and a little bit of work but i have a lot i've already been in my boat Three times over the weekend. That's great. (laughs) Yeah. So, you know, you have, you have those, those times that you just need to bring it down. Yes. Yeah. I agree. Tell us a little bit about your youth orchestra. Well. I'm going to pull up, uh, I'm going to pull up the uh, screen here so I can show uh, while we're talking. This is uh, the Metropolitan Youth Symphony of Atlanta. Mm -hmm. We found out there's another Metropolitan Youth Symphony orchestra in another city but not so of we are atlanta of atlanta yeah um we uh carl ricky and i are the two conductors um i have the symphony orchestra which is the most advanced level full symphony and he has the philharmonia orchestra which is there the... you are masked yes <laughs> i know we'll have to get new pictures right right um i have oh he has the philharmonia orchestra it's the it's the uh intermediate full orchestra and he also 
directs a, a new orchestra that we have that is uh, elementary students who have played for at least one year. Okay. And uh, that is the most adorable group you've ever seen. I, I bet. They are just <laughs> precious. And uh, we started that this past year. It seems to be going well. Um, we have a new staff member coming on, uh, Mr. Jeffrey Whoops. Rouser. Uh, he oh, is he a is. band director from Morgan County. Okay. Uh, although he's taught in, in, in many different places. Uh-huh. Uh, he's an amazing, amazing music educator, and he That's will great. be our winds coordinator and conductor of our Philharmonia winds. They have the a Philharmonia sp- is that's be the middle group. The middle group. Oh, with um, Carl. Conduct. And they try what they're doing is they have a certain amount of their program is just strings, and a okay. certain amount of it is full orchestra. And when they have their just uh, string rehearsal. Um, I believe that he will take the winds and have a special ensemble with oh, them. Not, oh, okay. He will also be working with the top orchestra winds as well. Great. Uh, so I'm just delighted to bring in a wind specialist. Yeah, well, they're going to, you know, I, I think one of the downfalls of youth orchestra, sometimes there's so much work to do with the strings and the winds are kind of just like. Forgotten. Yeah, yes. you know, a little yes. bit. And uh, especially depending on the piece, you know, it could be. The tubas and they play five notes or something, you know. Right. So right. That, that's a really great way to to look at it and do it. Yeah. And how long have you been Exciting. with them again? It's been uh, this. Uh, I've done six years uh, there, and nice. now we'll be starting my seventh in a new location. We will we will uh, be moving to Drew Charter School in Atlanta. Okay. Is that a little bit further out of town then? Out of downtown it's, area? It's it's a little bit out of the downtown area, which okay. is which is uh, a good thing and yeah. we'll have free parking. Okay. You know, it's oh, just going to be a yeah. little bit user more user friendly. And that's important. Us. That's yes. important. Yes. And then where do you do your concerts? Well, we do them in different places. Okay. Uh we have a lot of concerts at the Rialto Theater, Ooh, nice. which is down near Georgia State, mm-hmm. and it's just a grand old theater that's just yeah. beautiful. Uh, we had a concert this past year at Georgia Tech in the First Center, oh, nice. and that was very nice, just cool. just really nice. And then we ended our year at Gas South Theater um, out in Duluth. Okay. And so that just... was also very nice. We uh, were unable to secure that for this coming year. So I believe that our concerts are at both Rialto and at the First the first Center, I believe. Okay, yeah. So Fantastic. That's where we are right now. That's yeah. great. It's been really great. Yeah. It's been really great. So um, so you're, I mean, we know that, I, I know that you're, you're, you're technically retired, but it's like, Right. Retired in from full time you know? teaching yeah. is what yeah. I'm retired yeah. from. Yeah. Right. yeah, but you're just you're you're just working and loving it. Like yes. half time here and the Geiso. Yes, and then you know you do. I know you do clinics and are you teaching lessons at all? I I teach cello lessons, but just very little. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoy it though. Yeah, I do enjoy it. Yeah. Uh, I have been doing clinics and I've been doing all state orchestras. That's right. What were some of the recent groups that you've done? Um, I conducted uh, Michigan All-State Orchestra Ooh. this past January, and that was just, just delightful. It was awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. It was, it was so it's much a good, fun. Good state for music ed. <sighs> it was great. It was just great. 
Um, and uh, I did California in a virtual concert. Oh, tell us how that was. That was very interesting. <laughs> that you know, who knew what that was going to entail? And they, it was originally, of course, supposed to sure. be in person. <laughs> and so we were got picked out the music, did all of that, and then as COVID hit, they backed it up a year. Oh, wow. and then they made it virtual. And said, here's what we're going to do. We're going to have two rehearsals of an hour and a half each. Okay. And then we're going to have kids submit videos of themselves playing all of the pieces. So your rehearsal, they won't, you won't be able to hear anybody. But you're you're going to work with them. It was just, it was crazy. And so my good friend, Jim Palmer, Mm-hmm. And uh, Brian Ballmages, yeah. both the two of them really schooled me on what to do and how to how to create a meaningful virtual rehearsal. And between the two of them, it was a great experience. Awesome. It was weird. Yeah, I'm of not course. gonna lie, yeah. it was yeah. very weird, but I felt like the finished product came out pretty well. All things considered, for such. So, did they make a video? They or did. They, they did. Okay. They sent it to someone who put it all, all together, together, and uh, it took a while, but they finally came out with a finished product, and so that was fun. That yeah. was that was a fun experience. I wish that I could go back and do it in person. Yeah, that would that would be well, even maybe better. Well, invite you back. Someday, well, we'll, we'll see. You know? you know, because everybody establishes. You get to a, conduct. I know that would be so much. <laughs> fun. You're just like a coach. Yeah, yeah. Like, Here, kids, do this. Uh, yeah, at one yeah. point, I I yeah. did the Mississippi All State Orchestra. It's mm-hmm. been a while, and South Carolina All State Orchestra. So those are the four yeah. that I have done, and I I hope to do. I hope to do more of them. Yeah. It's just so much fun. It is. So it much is. fun. It's a blast. Um, so you, people can contact you. Uh, I don't know if it doesn't go through the MISO website. Do you have? There is a MISO uh, email address, but yeah. I have a personal email address that's probably the safest okay. bet, which is sure. just my first and last name at gmail.com. And, and that is C-A-T-H-I-E-H-U-D-N-A-L-L. At mindspring. I'm not mindspring. Gmail. Gmail.com. Great. So Perso. Uh, that's perfect. I, I would like to have a website within the next year. There you go. But yeah. I don't have that yet. Yeah. Well, they're they're pretty easy to make. <laughs> they need to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's awesome. Um this is great. And um I'm trying to think. We had talked about something else. Um tell us about that that first string program that you started. Oh, in, that's a when, good story. Like right, right out of your uh, out of your college teach out of your college career. Out of my college career, I um, I worked at the South Carolina Governor's School for the Arts, and is that a magnet school? It's no, it's it's well at the time it was a summer program. Oh, okay. Now it is a year a year long um, school, but at the time it was a summer program, and I was there, and our director, who was Virginia Aldrich. Um, a very powerful lady in the state of South Carolina. She uh, was a big choral teacher, music oh. educator. Okay. Anyway, she came to me one day and said, Kathy, I don't know if you're interested, but there's a job opening uh, to start a string program in Pickens County, which is the nice. area where Clemson University is, essentially, okay. that, okay. that, that um, school district. 
And I had already taken a job in Ohio at the time. I was going to go back up and uh-huh. teach in Hamilton, Ohio. Oh, yeah, that's great. Yeah, And nice. um, anyway, my, my parents at the time were living in a little town near Pickens County. And it just seemed like the opportunity of a lifetime. They said, it's a halftime job. And I said, well, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> That's really a full-time position to right. start a string yeah. program. Mm-hmm. And uh, they went and thought about it, and they said, no, we'll make it full-time if you'll come. Nice. So, you know, I was just innocent and naive and had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> I used the ASTA How to Start a String Program book right. as my Bible for that whole year. And Pam Telejohn, God bless her, was my mentor, and she... Well, you had the best mentor. I had the best. I had known her, you know, being from South Carolina already, but (laughs) I went and saw her, and the school district was really smart with how they did it. They gave me six weeks to go look at programs, order instruments, recruit. So you started this from ground zero. There was nothing. There was nothing. So they gave me a home school, and they said, go recruit in these, like, 14 different elementary schools. So what I ended up doing was going out and recruiting and then choosing the top numbers. There ended up being like over 100 kids in the whole program, like 140 or something. First year. That first year. And I was teaching in 11 schools, four or five a day, most days. And I taught before school. I taught after school. Um, this was the days before computers, so I had to go to each school and sit down with the principal and say, when can I be in your in your school? When, when would you like me? And, and how, you had to piece this all together. And I pieced it all together <laughs> on a piece of notebook paper and made myself oh, a schedule. And uh, anyway, so six weeks later, we started, and it was very successful. Um, I did drive my car into the ground. Oh, yeah. Uh, that first year, I think it was like 70,000 miles put on my car after that but then, year because those schools were kind of far apart right yeah, yeah. well yes it wasn't they were like in several little different cluster. towns yeah uh, clemson and pickens and liberty and easley wow and wow. um so at the end of the second year i mean end of the first year we took the kids and played for a board meeting and they gave us another teacher second year hallelujah yeah so, well i mean i don't think you would, would have been able to do it if those kids all continued correct. and you start a new batch correct yeah yeah because they were starting middle school or junior high and uh so that was my first year my mm-hmm. first job and i taught there for three years and um really enjoyed it but i always wanted to move to atlanta because i always wanted to take lessons from martha grushevsky who happened at the time to be teaching cello at Georgia State. Oh, okay. And she actually, um, this was the time that, you know, I was trying to still deal with my shoulder injury, and I had stopped playing cello for four years. Four years? Four years. It was like cutting off a limb. It was so, it was, that's probably one of the hardest things I've ever done. Yeah. And um, anyway, she went to the doctor with me. You were teaching that time and you could I was play. teaching and I mean I, I was mean, I could play enough to teach but right, I but wanted like, to get back into some serious like real, yeah. playing and uh, so I got my master's degree from her after after we went to the doctor and she literally started me from ground zero all over again and and, and so that was probably 
like how how did that feel or I'm just trying to like imagine that like well do, I was do you just, so excited to be just, to think that I could play again yeah. because it's just such a passion of mine and um that I you know it was weird starting over and I probably rushed it a little bit just in my excitement um but I I managed to get a performance degree in my master's in cello so that was that was cool. That was a goal. That was a Check. goal. Yeah. Check. Check. Yeah. That's awesome. So that's And then so that, that when so when did you move here then? So I moved to, to Atlanta, Atlanta yeah. in 1986 uh-huh. and I was teaching in Gwinnett County at North Gwinnett High School and when there were two students and Lanier Middle School. And wow. there Isn't was no because, orchestra room at the high school. But the funny part is that David Metrio was at Lanier. And exactly. Had, those are the two schools. I wow. know. Isn't that, that? Isn't that crazy? That's a kind of a neat coincidence. Yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. At the time, there was no orchestra room. So we had um, we had class in the coach's athletic office amidst <laughs> cups of old chewing tobacco oh, and uh, stinky football uniforms yes. and everything that else. Was the, that was when I was in Ohio. We taught, I taught elementary strings in the kitchen <laughs> and we were behind everything. we like, and there was a smelly mop bucket sitting back there. So. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's interesting when you have a really small program or you're starting out. Yes. What you do. And then, you know, fast forward to today when right. you, know, you got, hundreds of kids and right. great facilities and right right support. and yeah there was no orchestra room at the middle school either so i went around during the day and taught in different people's classrooms and or the hall yeah so. and we're teaching in this art supply closet as well uh, yes. during, during yeah. my student teaching in newark ohio uh, yes. you know but it's it's wherever they could find the room that's right throw you in there that's right that's amazing okay cool and then you were at um so then you were, how long were you at Brookwood? Was that your main school? Well, I was at Norcross for 15 years. Okay, wow. Um, before Brookwood, I, I moved around a little bit, and then there was the year in Hawaii. So when I came back. Yeah, tell us about year in Hawaii. Okay. <laughs> I want to um, do that. So that was cool. <laughs> that was really cool. One of my good friends, uh, Dr. Kathleen Horvath. At oh, I Case, know Kathy. Ka- yeah. uh, Kath, uh, she's at Case Western yeah. University. She called me one day, and she's like, Hudnall. There's this thing. I don't know if you're interested or not, but I got a call about a position in Hawaii for next year. It's just filling in for someone while they do their uh, doctoral coursework. And uh, (laughs) she said, I'm not interested in it. Are you interested in it? I was like, my mom had just had a a quintuple bypass, and I just couldn't imagine leaving my job. And then so I, I thought about it, and then I talked to my family, and they were like, what are you crazy? You've got to do it. You've got to try at least. So I I just kind of said, okay, if it's meant to be, just let things fall into place. And they just completely fell into place. Because I had to find someone to cover for me oh. in both schools. Wow. And make instructions for year-long instruction for both so schools. So you took a leave of absence? I took a leave of oh, absence. Okay, so you didn't like an quit. An unpaid leave of absence. Yeah. Went to Hawaii and taught at the Iolani School for 10 months. And wow. it was just the greatest adventure. My uh, partner and I at the time drove our car across the country, um, the southern part of the United States, yes. went to Los Angeles, shipped the car from Los Angeles to Honolulu, 
so that we would have, have a vehicle. A car, yeah. yeah. And then we flew to Hawaii, had the year. At the end of the year, we shipped the car to Seattle and then drove back across the United the States, the northern part of the United States. Wow. So both of those journeys were just as exciting as sure. the year in Hawaii. Yeah. But everybody took me under their wing at the school. They were so kind. They made sure I ate everything, experienced everything that was Hawaii. And um, I got to— But it was 10 months? It was 10 like, months, and up. everyone I ever knew visited during that, during that time, I had to actually like, have buy an extra bed <laughs> so that I could have a guest room. Nice. And I got to play in the Maui Symphony while I was there. It was just a, just an extra perk. That was really, really fun. Um, but what that was, an and, I, and I also got to teach elementary through 12th grade. So that it was, was like really a, fun because I enjoy uh, all the ages. Sure. I it was just everybody ages. though. It was everybody. Okay. And the elementary kids could go barefoot at school. and Wow. It was just, it was such a cultural adventure. I bet. That was cool. Yeah. That's amazing. I I love uh, driving cross country, but I've never been able to do it in an enjoyable manner. It was always with like a U-Haul towing, oh, towing a car. Yes. You know? It was, That's not it fun. was fun. It was tiring. Yeah. It was very tiring, but it was a whole lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And I had never been across the United States at that time, so... You know, and being able to do the southern part and the northern part is yeah. also like it was just what a cool adventure. It was an adventure, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I love the stories. Um, well, I' so glad that you're here, Thank and um, it was been cool just to hear about your stories and your your research and in your career. And um, um, I hope people will um, be interested in contacting you to come out and do their all states or the regional groups or or just if whatever. you have kids who or are just, struggling with. Any kind of pain or mm-hmm. instrumental issues, I'd love to. I'd love to work with them. I'll come watch them. You know, if you need, if you need help in in developing strategies or stretches for your kids, awesome. You know, let me know. I'm I'm just here to help. Awesome. Well, I I may take you up on that as well. Okay, that would be very cool. Thank you, Charles. Um, well, again, thanks so much for being here and coming driving out here and coming to the studio to to record this podcast today and. Um, my pleasure it's just it's it's so great to, to have you as a colleague and be so close and as a resource and friend and and everything else so, well i feel the same way yeah, thank you yeah absolutely so um for everybody out there i will um be sharing uh kathy's uh contact information and um a little bio um on the uh descriptions in the uh, youtube and uh on the podcast so I guess that's all. Wrapping up episode number 54. All right. Um, I know. It's it's crazy. But uh, you all have a good summer. Um, I'll be in Alaska next week. And then when I come back, we're going to have Katie Labrie, a uh, composer, and also um, the Rebecca McLeod from UNCG uh, coming on to uh, not in person, um, but we'll be doing those uh, virtually. But hopefully uh, you'll enjoy those episodes too. Trying to squeeze as much as I can in the summer because I have the time. That's right. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah, it is. So thanks again for listening, and we will catch you guys all next time here on the Orchestra Teacher Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. For resources and more information, visit orchestrateacher.net. 